about what a person creates with what he speaks. So we're going to see just one or two more examples from Chazal of this idea, and then we're going on to the next topic.
the story I always like saying over from the Imre Eris. The Imre Eris was a Gera Rebbe. And uh, as is known, Gera Hasidim, you know what the Rebbe says, they, they accept that 100%. The Imre Eris escaped the war in Europe, he came to Israel by himself. His wife and all his children were killed. He's really an old man. He came to Israel. And after the war, he wanted to start again. No, I'm sorry, one of his children survived. He was a rep after the base of Israel. But his wife and the rest of his children were killed. So anyway, he came to Israel. So after the war, they went, he went, so they were looking for somebody who would be a good a good shidduch for the rep. So a certain suggestion came up of an older lady who was also a Khashiv lady, had been a, the wife of a Khashiv Rebbe before that. And in, as is the Gera custom, they were going to meet once before they, before they announced they engaged. So at the one meeting between the Rebbe and this lady who was potential Rebbe to, this, uh, the Rebbe kept quiet the whole time in the same way. And I think it's half an hour, whatever, however long it's meant to be. At the end of the half hour, the Rebbe starts with one sentence. And he said to her, he said, there's one thing I want you to know about me. He said, you should know that as a Gera Rebbe, I have thousands of Hasidim who would be most nefesh mamish to become everything I say. So therefore, I've learned to keep quiet. And the mamish of If you know that everything you say is going to make such a big difference, Therefore, the first lesson you have to know is don't talk too much. Because uh, you know, every word is that significant, so no, 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 not to talk. And, as well, and okay, as a rabbi, maybe he's so propelled, and he can see his chassidim will act on anything he says until the serious nefesh. Said, so then be careful what you say. It's, it might be, you know, be mistaken in people's lives. But if a person had that same sensitivity for themselves, that uh, so much has changed based on everything I say, therefore the limit is meant to be quiet. Okay, so that's what's negated to Debra. Now we're going to Perak Yadayat and we're going to the next level up. We spoke about the different levels in a person. Debra is the part of the person called the Ruach, like we said, the part which interacts with other people, the part of the person where he can express himself. And this is the Yisait. We've mentioned it many times. What makes Debra different to the sounds that animals make. Animals can also make various sounds and they can communicate to a certain extent with each other. That's why we say that Debra is something uniquely human. human. It's not the fact that uh, animals can't make whatever noises they make, whether it's to croak or to bark or to roar or to whatever animals do. Right? So what's, what's uniquely human about speech? The answer is, what's uniquely human about speech is what speech expresses. An animal can, ex- can make a sound which is expressing pain, fear, Happiness may be anything physical. So yes, if it gets hurt, it'll, it'll yelp, it'll squeak, it'll meow, it'll whatever it is. When it's happy, it'll purr, it'll growl, whatever whatever sounds animals make. Each animal is different. But it's a sound expressing a feeling. I can't express something, a thought, an idea. That's not something an animal can do, and therefore you can't express it either. And uh, therefore, yes, the sounds an animal make is similar to the sound a person makes. If it hurts himself or something happened, it would be like a certain... A sound that a person makes when he's surprised, hurt, scared, whatever it is, that's not speech. The kayak of speech is a person can express what he's thinking. And that's a, a special kayak which only applies to people. If you think about it, 
That's the only way I have to make other people know what I'm thinking. If a person can think, how can I, how can I want I get you to know what I'm thinking? The only, the only means I have to do is to speak. Even if I'm going to write it down, this is writing speech, but it's the same idea. The way to convey a thought is only through speech. So that's the level of Dibur. And then we have a level higher than Dibur. And the level higher than Dibur is called Mahshava. And the level of Mahshava is what a person thinks. But now we have to explain something. And that is, if every time a person speaks, and this is not making sense, he's thinking. Right, right now I'm, I'm talking to you guys, so I'm thinking what I'm going to say. Otherwise it would make no sense what I'm saying. So why, why, what, what's the difference between Mahshava and Dibur? Right? And again, unless the Dibur is meaningless, every Dibur takes Mahshava. After thinking about what I'm going to say. So what, what makes Mahshava a different level? So I want to share with you something deep. Something I heard from Rabbi Shapira. It's a little bit hard to explain and understand yourselves. When I try, why it's hard to explain. But uh, we'll say, I will try as best as I can to explain something to you. But I need you to think about it a little bit more than that to understand the point I'm trying to make. And, the, and like I said, why am I giving this introduction will become self-evident when I explain to you what I'm trying to say. And that is like this. We talk about Moshe Rabbeinu. That Moshe Rabbeinu was Kfad Peh or Kfad Lashem. Moshe Rabbeinu had difficulty speaking. Now, it says he had difficulty moving his tongue. Kfad Lashem. And we know why. Chazal say that because when he was a baby of two, whatever it was, and he was sitting on Pari's lap because he was being brought up in the palace as the fastest son of Batya, Pari's daughter. So he reaches up and grabs the throne of Pari's head. And the advisors say, be careful, this person has a very strong rebellious streak in him. He's going to have one day remove your crown. And the other one said, no, what you're talking about, this is a kid, he's the shiny metal feels him. Say that a test is as one knows, and they put a piece of gold, which isn't so bright, and a burning coal, which is very bright in front of him. And the Malach made Moshe take the coal, and he put it in his mouth, and he burnt his tongue. It's a chazal, we all know. And uh, therefore Moshe had a burnt tongue. He was kvad lashim. What's the second part of the expression? It's kvad peh. What was wrong with his mouth? Why, was he, why did he have difficulty speaking? So the morale explains something. The morale says like this. The morale says that normally speech is the vehicle to express a thought. Like I said before, if I'm trying to express what I'm, what I'm thinking, so the way I do that is I find the words to express what I'm trying to say. Now normally it's very easy for me or for anybody to express what they say. Why? Because the way I think is in words, right? And therefore, um, the way I'm going to transfer to you what I'm thinking is with words. So it's not so hard to do that. And I just have to find the right words maybe, or explain it well enough, or use the right adjectives, or whatever it's going to be, right? That people understand what I'm trying to say, because it's, uh, that's the way I understand it, and that's what I'm trying to put it into the words, where you'll understand as well. But why is it easy? Because it's coming from a place that that the person who's explaining, he himself understands it in terms of the language. And it's not hard to convey in language to somebody else. But, what about something that a person understands or experiences, but not through words? What about something a person experiences or is aware of, but the way that, it's, that he understands it, or the way he's aware of it, isn't because of the words that we use to explain it to him. 
Let me give you two examples. One good, one not so good. If a person has ever had the opportunity to speak to a Holocaust survivor and decided to tell me something, what is it like? Right? Or what, what, what do you remember from it? What, what experiences did you have? Most times, the person will be able to talk. Uh, don't think it's for a second because they have they've forgotten. Michal not. Somebody who's, uh, who went through the Gehenna called the Holocaust didn't forget anything. You can give them nightmares for 60, 70 years later. Right? Ella what? It's, so, so why don't you explain? Tell us. Talk. Why don't, they don't want to do that. They can't. Why? Because an experience which hits a person so deeply, there's possibly no words to explain. How are you going to try and convey the feeling? How are you going to try and convey what it was? You don't know, there's no vocabulary for that. It's terrible. It was scary. It was, it was uh, horrible. What, what are you going to say, really? That the words don't have enough meaning to convey what the person's feeling. There isn't a strong enough language for it. In other case, how am I going to explain it? A person that had lost to find the words to use to explain it. You don't have to go to the Holocaust. You speak to a survivor of a terrorist attack. A person was traumatized, shaken, shocked, whatever it's going to be. Tell me, so what is it like? Read up the experience. Talk to us about it. Very often you find the same thing. A person doesn't have the language to. Not because he's forgotten, not because it's not clear in his mind, but because he's missing the words to explain the feeling. There isn't a word for that. And let's go to the other extreme. There's a shameful experience. And that is, if you go to the chasen, just after you get married, he says, will you now to tell us how you're feeling about your, how do you feel about your color? Very often, again, what's he going to say? I think it's very nice. I like her a lot. It doesn't, that's all you can say. It's, something's wrong. Right? If a person feels something much more strongly than he has the words to say, so then there isn't what to say because he doesn't have the words. Not because he doesn't know it. Not because it's not clear to him. But because words are a, a means of exp- explaining something. Transferring something. And if I have the way to transfer the way I'm feeling, then I'll do it. But if I don't feel the words are doing the job, then I don't, I don't have the right word to use. I don't have the, road, the right words to use to explain what I'm trying to say because there aren't words for it. Okay, so now the might say, you can see everyone understand what I've said so far. Until now, I've, I've given examples of the way a person feels. When a person is very deeply affected emotionally, so they, don't, they lack language. It doesn't have to be something personal. And very often when people go to places of extreme natural beauty or, or inspiring. Uh, they talk about the Grand Canyon, they talk about other places in the world like that. that people keep quiet. You know, the, the person in insurance, oh my gosh, that looks amazing. Why? Because sometimes it's, you don't have a word to use. The experience is more than the language, and if that's the case, it's going to say. I'm just going to give an example. But wherever that, that same a person meets that point, that he, I don't have the words to explain what I want to say, so then words don't do the job. Good. Now, if you understand that on a feeling level or an emotional level, and here's a point which you understand what's hard to explain. That, the same thing applies intellectually. Which means sometimes a person understands a concept, but with a depth that he doesn't have the words to explain it. Because as much as I'm going to try and explain, it's much deeper than that. It's much deeper than that. Now, 
he said this many times. He said, most people have never met up with that. Because they never understood something deeper than the words that I was explained to them with. So they can decide to say thing back again. And you can understand with language, it makes sense. But sometimes a person sees a certain oymic in something, a certain depth in something. And, wow. Now, what am I going to say? How am I going to explain that? It's deeper than the words I'm using. So I can say the words to try and put across an idea to you. But Lemaise is, there's so much more oymic behind it. There's so much depth here. Just, how am I going to explain it? I'm not understanding in terms of words. I'm understanding because I, I understood the Indian. And again, it's, it's hard to get to this level, but there's a concept of understanding an Indian with more depth than words can explain. We haven't learned to learn like that. We've learned to listen to what people telling us with words and understand the words and install the words in our mind. We understand with language. But it's possible to get to a level of understanding which is beyond the ability to convey. As an example of this, Chazal say that if, you, know, you can't teach Maisim Rukhava. Maisim Rukhava means the secrets of the Kabbalah. You can't teach it. The Gemara says in Agiga, you can't even teach it to one person. So how's the person meant to know it? How does any Talmud ever understand it? So it says you can be Megala Roshi Prakla. You can be Megala the domain idea, and he has to be Maven Redaita. The Talmud has to understand it on his own. And you ask, well, how in the world does that work? You haven't taught it to him yet. So as you don't understand it on his own. And what's Chazal saying? It's a Mishnah. What's Mishnah saying? Exactly this point. Kabbalah isn't something I can put into words which are clear. It's, de- it's deeper than that. So all I can do is I can use the words to explain the outside of it, the Rashi Prakim, and then the person has to think about it enough that he understands it on his own. Right? I have this also what Kabbalah is called Said. But I always like to ask the question. I always like to ask the question. What about Kabbalah is a secret? If I know it, it's not a secret. And if I don't know it, then it could be Mesechus. Christmas is also a story, and I know it yet. What makes it a secret? Either you know it or you don't, like any part of Torah. And what's the answer? The answer is this point. I can never convey Kabbalah. The level it has to be understood is something that the person has to understand on his own. I can just use the words to give the person the, the trigger, so to speak, to think, and now think and understand it. And when he understands it, now it's a depth to it which I can't convey. I can do the same thing. I can use the words to give the outline, and the person has to understand it on his own. And therefore, the understanding is always a side because it's not something transferable. It's not something transferable. It's a certain level that a person has to understand on his own, which now, if you do, you can't transfer. I can just give you the give the next person the the basic points to think about, so that he'll be able to understand this also. Right. That level is what we call Mahshava. The level of Mahshava is a level of understanding that a person understands something but to a level which there isn't the word to explain it with. Now, let's go back to Mahshava. It says, uh, the, it says the Mara, the reason why Moshe had difficulty speaking wasn't because he had a speech impediment. That's already why he had difficulty moving his tongue. The reason why Moshe had difficulty speaking is because he didn't have the language to explain what he wanted to say. And when a person is trying to find language to explain a point which is deeper than words can convey, so he has a hard time finding a way to bring down the idea into words which will fit it. But it's much more than that. And we're just going back to what I before. It's like, just like the person who <coughs> went through something which was so extreme that after he just he finds difficulty trying to say it over, what's he going to say? How's he going to describe it? The words don't do the job. Moshe Savanin was on the level that to try and explain that to other people, it's, it's deeper than the word can mean. It's deeper than the word means. 
and therefore this, he was kfad sofa. He had difficulty speaking because it wasn't that it, like this is what it means. I'll explain exactly what it means because I'm understanding it in words. No, Moshe understood it conceptually, and if that's the case, it was hard to find words which are able to convey the concept. But that's the yisat. That's the yisat. Now, where's the, what's this going to us? Like we said, there's a level of dibur, there's a level of machshava. The level of machshava we're talking about isn't just the thought that a person has, which he just hasn't said to you yet. That's just dibur, which a person's thinking the words I want to say. Right? The level of machshava is a level that a person understands something, but to a different degree. To a different degree. A degree where there isn't dibur which can express it. And like I said, and I'll say it again, for most of us it's hard to picture such a concept intellectually because we haven't trained ourselves to think like that. And therefore, if you want to relate to what I'm saying, relate to it is emotionally. Think about something which made, made such a big impact on your life that if somebody would ask you to try and say it over in a few words, you wouldn't be able to, either for good or for bad. Someone went through a terrible experience, whatever it would be. Heartbreaking. Someone through a very positive experience, whatever it would be. Right? Again, they'll have difficulty saying it because there aren't the words to, to, to con- accurately convey the amount of what I want to say. Okay, so that's the side of the Makshav. Now, that's the deep point in a person. And if that's the case, it'll make a deeper impact. It'll go to a higher presence of mind more so. But there's another point. And that is, we talk about the level of Ruach as a, a Makhum of Debur. We talk about the Neshama as a Makhum of Makhshav. Now, if you understand, there's a big difference between them. Debur is primarily the way that people relate to each other. I can speak to you, you can speak to me, I understand you, you understand me. Right, we can exchange ideas, information, we can argue a point. Right? Dibur is a form of interaction, which is like what the Ruach is. The Ruach is a person interacts with other people, and that's through his Ruach. Right? The Shama is something which is exclusively yours. It's a part of a person which is his. It's, it's like a level which is... It's the Chol of Adekhot, for you yourself. There's no, that's a part of a person which is himself. And that's where it's going to get to Makshava. The level of Akshava is a place where that's a person's sense of self which you can't share with somebody else. You can't share with somebody else. That's him. The Balai Musa used to say, and this is the a big dark. The Balai Musa used to say that before a person tries to teach or give over a point to somebody else, he should first work on you bring it to a place where it's going to, so to speak, resonate with him in a way that he can't give somebody else. And let me show you what I mean. And let me show you why people often make this mistake and why they lose a lot from it. And that is, when something moves me in whatever way it's going to be, when something speaks to me, I have two options. The one is to, so to speak, keep it inside and let it, let it develop. Let, it, let me think about it. Let me internalize it. Make more of an impact on me. That's one option. The other option is find someone to share it with. Find someone to share it with. I just had something amazing, something moving, something big chiddish. What's the second option? Quickly, who, who, who can I tell this to? What's the difference between the two? Berega, I'm going to try and tell it to somebody else. I've stopped the process of bringing it to Mahshava. Because now I've translated it into Dibur, and then that's where it stays. 
I've, I've, so to speak, brought it to the level of this is what I can explain it in words, and he made it that's as far as it's going to go. If I don't talk about it, and I give it a chance to develop and to, 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 to think about it deeper and to make more make enough commitment to me, so then it's going to penetrate, it's going to get to a place which is deeper, deeper than Dibur. And then later on, even if I'm going to take the chance to share it with other people, but it's not with the depth that I have it myself. I've seen this Bukhush. Bukhush, I have lots of opportunities to teach. I've seen Bukhush. Sometimes you hear a story, you hear a boat, you hear a mice, whatever it's going to be, chat. And wow, it hits you. It's amazing. And it moves you sometimes. I've seen every time you try and share it afterwards, you say it to other people, this is the impact. This is the impact. When you try, when you think about it yourself again afterwards, it's not as powerful as it was the first time. Why? Because you've taken something which went to a place which could have developed into something which is like a deep place in you, and you've just you've, you've translated it into words which are on a lower level. So yes, I can share it, and yes, I can I, I can spare it with everyone else, but it's not going to have the effect that on me. And if I give it a chance to have an effect first, then then hold on to it. Don't let go of it. Don't share it right away. Give it a chance to have its effect. Because then it will internalize to me and then, and then it comes to its full impact, its full power. Yerucham once said after Hashemus about a certain point, he said, he said, this point has been working through me for 25 years before I said it on. And for 25 years, he, he didn't feel he was very settled yet because he felt that it still hadn't gotten to its full impact by him. That's a tremendous idea. A tremendous idea. You hear something meaningful to you. You understood something. Don't run to share it. It's just going to, it's just going to make it less, less powerful. Give it a chance to work. Give it a chance to think about it, to work on it. Before you, before you have to share it, before you have to talk to other people let it let it let it develop into so to speak your your understanding of it. As I said, the nakura of a person's neshama is, is uniquely theirs. They can't share it. The problem in the dark, and I'm saying again, quite from emotion. The problem is people don't get that. It's a, it's a, when it becomes a dark, where everyone's so quick to share everything, they never have a chance to let anything develop. So they don't have that place because nothing's ever gotten there. It's only it's only when a person and, and the emotion. I lived a number of years ago. I heard this from him. It must have been at least 15 years ago, maybe more. I'm even talking to the Dara today. When today the, the answer is anything I think, want, have, feel, straight away I post to everyone on my email list or my chat group, whatever it's going to be, that uh, with, the, with the right uh, smiley to, to describe the thing, I don't have to write what it is. Right? It, make, it basically what it does is it makes no feeling anything which is more deep than what I can type on the screen. Happy, sad, this, that. Uh, examples. Uh, uh, it wasn't like I don't have WhatsApp. I don't, have, uh, uh, I don't use these groups. But uh, it's another rock. He just told me. I got uh, like a thing. Sad. My grandfather just died. It's like a crying uh, emoji. Right? Well, think like that's all you feel. Right? You can write a suf with a little sad thing. It, it, it makes everything. Trivializes it and brings it to the level that all the, the only the quota is what I can share, what I can say. You want something to make an impact on you, don't share it. Give it a chance to work. Give it a chance to get to a place where it's not going to you. And this is in the quota which is the other face of Musa. I know I'm having a little bit, but it's an important point. 
other place of Musa is, where is there a place in you which is yours? Is my concept of Avas Hashem something which is real inside me or just something which I can share in a chat group? Yeah, TYH, thank you, Hashem. That's Avas Hashem. Like. That's a joke. That's a joke. Is my concept of connection to my friends, to my family, is my concept of my own my, my, my connection to myself something deeper than I can share with other people? And for most people it's not, because they've never developed a level of makhshava, they've never developed a place of themselves. Well, everything is only what I can share, and what I can share in the easiest way possible. And then, every, there's nothing more to me than what I, what, I can, what I can tell other people about myself, or what I can post about. Right? The Ikanesic, to my mind, of chats and whatsapps and all these messaging things isn't the Averis in Shabbat. It could be it's a good group. It could be no one's talking about bad topics. The Ikanesic is that it trivializes everything. You can't do anything we have to share with the whole world. What's, what about, forget about everybody else. What about you? Give something in terms of build yourself. Build yourself. You should be more than you can share with other people. There should be a part of you which is so deep in me that I can't share that. There isn't the words for that. It's a place which is deeper than deeper. And if there isn't, if everything about me, I can tell you in two sentences. Once time I had to interview somebody. So he told me, I can tell you everything about me in two sentences. So that's the case I wanted to talk to you about. That's all there is to you. What you can tell me in a few sentences. But there's no depth, there's no feeling, there's no ambition, there's no drive, there's no nothing. Just what I can say to somebody else, exactly the opposite. Right? A, a person who has depth to them, someone who says, as much as I can talk to you, you'll never begin to understand the oymak which is behind it. I can't express that. It's something which is deeper than what I can say. And something which has to be worked on. If a person wants to have a real connection to something, to themselves, to their own neshama, right? it's coming from a place which is deeper than what I can share. That's a, the, the, the part of me that I can share is the devil. The part of me that I can share is the ruch. There's a room for that, and there's a place for that, and there's good. There's a part of me called Manashama, and that's deeper inside me, and that's something which I can never share, and I don't even try to share. That's me. That's me. And if a person never finds his Neshama, never. It's like a person who's living his whole life, it's just the facade of themselves, without ever finding themselves. It's for them. For everybody who just shares life on the, on the same WhatsApp group, what makes it different to everybody else? It's just... We were all sharing exactly the same, everyone's exactly the same. Well, where, where, where are you? That's the side. The idea we're going to talk about from, from the Haktama, but the idea of Makshava, which we're going to start talking about next, the next, the next paragraph, is the ability for me to understand myself. Not where I want to share with other people, and not because I don't want to, it's just it's impossible. It's more depth than there's any way to convey. That's the person himself. It's a place which is for you yourself and no one else can get there. It's a much more depth in a person, but that's the etimu they are. That's the, that's the person themselves. Not because it's up for show, not because I can share it, everyone else can clap for me or give me likes. It's that much deeper than that. It's because it's intrinsically that's me. We talk about this emotionally, we talk about this in a person's self concept, we talk about it in understanding. We talk about Kabbalah, but it applies to every part of Torah. If I understand something to that level, that it's beyond what I can explain, because th- there's much more depth in what I can say. 
So then that gets to a completely different darga, so to speak, of the ability to understand. So we call the level of machshav. As much as the shaykh to understand this, like to say, that's what I said at the beginning. It's hard to convey. I can tell you the concept. Think about it yourselves. It'll help you understand the point that you're trying to say. Understand.